Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in episode 99, a kind of special edition of our gambling show. This is going to be coming out sometime on Wednesday so we can get the, the Thanksgiving Day games in. Also, because it's on Wednesday, we have not, we're recording Wednesday morning. We get none of the injury report info that we rely on except for the, for the Thanksgiving games. So when it comes to our picks, we might rely or lean on those Thanksgiving games a little bit heavier than we normally would. Also, I understand there's going to be news, potential some quarterback changes in some of the other games. We obviously will not include those in our picks. We don't know Justin Fields' health. We don't know if Zach Wilson's still the starting quarterback for the Jets. But that's the negative of doing the show today. The bright side is this. For the first time in two months, we have 16 games to get to because buys are not over, but there are no buys this Thanksgiving week because we have three games on Thursday, so they want to have a full Sunday's worth of games. The buys will come back next week and then wrap up, I believe, the following week. So it's week 12. It's episode 99. Unfortunately, first, we must discuss week nine, which I think was our or week 11, pardon me, which I think was our worst week of the year. We were one, three, and one last week. Chicago pushed against Atlanta. The Raiders covered in overtime against the Broncos. And now let's discuss the other ones. The Rams plus four and a half against New Orleans. I was early on how bad the Rams are. I've not been a Rams believer. So why did I pick them? Because New Orleans is, you give me that look. Hold I, on a I, second. I was saying something Hold on a second. The Rams were covering until Stafford went out with another concussion. By the way, the concussion, the lack of conversation on the Tua concussion stuff to the Stafford concussion stuff. It's very interesting. Maybe because no one was watching that game, but he was in concussion protocol. He went back. He played this game. Now he's out in concussion protocol again and real concerns for him, obviously. On visual. We'll say it again. Visual of Tua. Exactly right. Well, the visual and the fact that it was an actually televised game. So everybody was watching it. But the Rams were covering. The quarterback got hurt. I don't feel badly about that one. Pittsburgh, I listen, Pittsburgh's offense did enough to cover against Cincinnati. Their defense is what let them down in this particular game. Also, you and the producers let, let me down in this particular game by trying to guilt me into going with Mike Tomlin as a home underdog. I, I knew, I knew when I was making the pick, I was like, man, everyone last week was talking about Tomlin as a home dog. Now everyone's going to be on it. That was a bad pick by me. And the Giants just falling flat on their face against the Detroit Lions. I had them laying three. They lost by double digits. That was an embarrassing one. Not a good week. I do feel like we got a little screwed on the Rams pick. Not a good week. It puts us three games under 500 for the year, which means 5-0 and this week. We're above 500. 4-1. and We're right at 500 after Thanksgiving ready for a good playoff run. We're not even going to go over what the record of the right move is because that has been disastrous. Five games to pick this week in the first segment of the show. Then we'll break down the other 11 games as quickly as we can. Then also maybe throw in a little World Cup gambling opportunities. We might do that as well. First pick, Detroit getting a full 10 
at home against Buffalo on Thanksgiving. Here's the logic here. Buffalo has not looked dominant in quite some time. Right. They are now on a short week, as is Detroit. However, I think that hurts Buffalo a little bit more because Josh Allen's elbow is still banged up. So now he has to go with the game against the Browns where he did not play great. I know they won that game. He threw for less than 200 yards, and he didn't run the football, even though he had seven yards rushing, even though they needed to find a way to create offense. So the Bills' offense is not overly explosive. Detroit's getting healthier. Detroit's offense at home this year has been far better than on the road. It's the biggest game for the Lions, my God, in years. National TV, Thanksgiving, on a three-game winning streak. I'm getting 10 full points. Even if it's 21-3 to at the half, I feel alive because the Bills have had a hard time putting together consecutive dominant halves of football. I'm not picking Detroit to win, but 10 points is too much. Detroit plus 10. Thanksgiving road favorites are 19 and 5 since 2004. 19-5 against the spread. Against yep. The spread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jerry Goff is certainly the guy to make that 19 and 6. Okay. I'd seen that stat as well. That on Thanksgiving, when a road team's favored, they usually blow out the opposition. I get that. I do not think the Bills are currently in the blowout business. Now, I understand if they end up crushing Detroit, this is going to be thrown in my face. People are going to clip it. I get that. But let me just make the argument here as far as Buffalo should not be laying 10 on the road against anybody right now, much less a semi-frisky Lions team. They played the Browns on a neutral site. They won by eight. They played the Vikings, were up by 17 and lost. Played the Jets, were up by double digits and lost. Played the, played the Packers when the Packers were in the midst of a tailspin. Only won by 10 in a game. The Packers, it was just laying, just waiting for the Bills to take total control of. If you remember that game, they only scored three points in the second half. Beat the Chiefs by four. Now that's actually their best game of the season, their best win of the season. Yeah. They have not blown anyone out since they played the Steelers at home the first week of October. They, they they blew out the Rams early in the year, they crushed the Titans early in the year, and they crushed the Steelers. But that was all by October 9th. Since then, they have zero 11-point or more victories. I don't think the Lions are dreadful. I do think the Lions right now are actually finding ways to stay in football games. And the Lions have been a team that it was early in the year at home was the only place their offense traveled. Back-to-back weeks scoring 31 points. I just, I like the Lions getting 10. We'll stay on Thanksgiving. Another dog. The Giants getting nine and a half at Dallas. We know what the Giants are going to do. The Giants are just going to run Saquon. Saquon's coming off his worst game of the year. They're going to run Daniel Jones. They're going to try to shorten this game. We also, last week, Dallas coming off a devastating loss. The Vikings coming off a galvanizing win. They saw, they met each other. Dallas kicked their ass. This week, Dallas coming off a dominant victory. The Giants coming off a head-scratching, indefensible loss to the Lions. So now those motivations are reversed. Also, I think that, or I shouldn't say also, but to reiterate the point about the Giants running Saquon, I just think this is going to be a game where instead of each team getting 11 or 12 possessions, each team's going to get eight or nine possessions because they're going to be long drives with the Giants running the football. The Giants also understand if they lose this game, it could go south for the Giants real quick. I know they were seven and two, but the Giants have one of the most brutal schedules the rest of the way. In fact, by strength of schedule, the hardest schedule the rest of the way. After the Cowboys game, they have the Commanders, Eagles, Commanders. So it's four straight divisional games, then the Vikings, then the Colts, and then the Eagles again to finish the year. So the Giants, it's been a good story and a good season. They could still miss the playoffs. They're only minus 140 to make the playoffs from the odds makers. I think the Giants keep this close. 
I would not be shocked if a somewhat immature Dallas team loses this game. I also think that Micah Parsons' impact is going to be mitigated to an extent in two ways. One is Andrew Thomas, Giants tackles, one of the best in football. The other is I think the Giants will do to Micah Parsons what the Chiefs did to Nicky Bosa against the chart or against the Niners uh, a month ago, run right at him. So you try to try to uh, kind of displace his pass rushing uh, tendencies by running at him and making him question himself on passing downs. I like the Giants getting nine and a half. I can't tell if you're believing in my guy, Daniel Jones or, or no. Saquon. No, but no, no, no. The Giants did lose two starting corners, mm-hmm. and they just lost a starting wide receiver four days ago. So are you are you sure about this? I, listen, the starting wide receiver injury doesn't concern me that much because they shouldn't be throwing the ball much anyway. The, okay. the passes they should be throwing are to Saquon. The starting corner injuries do concern me to a degree. Yeah. Uh, but I also think that Cowboys are going to try. I don't think the cow the Cowboys got their blowout last week. I think the Cowboys understand if they win this game, uh, if if they win this game, th- they're going to be in a situation where the one seed is on the table for them. Uh-huh. It, it, that, now that might sound silly because they have three losses and Philly only has one, but Philly they have the same number of divisional losses, and Dallas gets to play Philly again. So Dallas will go in. I think Dallas feels like we win this game. If we can beat Philly, if Philly stumbles one more time the rest of the way, we will control our own destiny to win the division and to uh, and to potentially be the one seed. The reason I like that when I'm taking the Giants is I think the Cowboys are not going to, if this is a seven-point game late, I don't think they're going to be trying to add style points. I think they're just going to be trying to escape with a win. I also think the Giants can win outright. I like the Giants plus nine and a half. What I was trying to tell you a moment ago is you're missing a button on your shirt, showing a little belly button to the audience, which I understand might help our YouTube subscribers, but a little distracting for me. Next game. Tampa Bay laying three in Cleveland. Okay, Brady undefeated since the divorce. The Bucks coming off their best Long game of week. the year. What? They didn't play this past week. Yeah, I was about to say, coming off a long, yeah, they had a long rest. Their best game of the year against Seattle, and then the bye. So they're rested. Cleveland, on the other hand, just had to go to Detroit for a game. Now they're back in Cleveland. I think Cleveland, I watched that Buffalo game very, very closely, and Cleveland's inability to take advantage of a Buffalo team that was just miserable for the first quarter and a half of that game does not give me any faith in them moving forward until Deshaun gets back. I also think there has to be a bit of a demoralization for the Browns because things started for them this year. If you remember, they looked like, oh, you know, the, the that they could be a more than frisky team. Their first game of the year, they beat the Panthers. Game two, they gave it away against the Jets. That was the Nick Chubb game. Game three, they crushed the Steelers. Since then, though, heartbreaking loss to the Falcons, heartbreaking loss to the Chargers, blown out by the Patriots, beat uh, uh, beat by the Ravens. They then crushed the Bengals in one of the oddest games of the year, and then got crushed by the Dolphins. Got crushed by the or got beaten by the Bills. The Browns, I think, are a team that recognizes their seasons are wrapped. The Bucs, on the other hand, are a team that recognizes we win this game. We have real momentum in a wide-open NFC. I expect the Bucs to win. I, the fact that I don't have to lay three and a half is thrilling. I think that Tom Brady is going to look the best he's looked all year thanks to the fact that he has the extra rest and the team's got a little momentum. This is probably, I know it's a road favorite, but it's probably my favorite play of the week Tampa minus three. This feels to me like a 24 to 10 Tampa Bay victory, maybe 21 to 10. I don't see Cleveland scoring a lot of points. I like Tampa laying the three points. Next, Tennessee, a home dog against Cincinnati. Tennessee 
getting two and a half. So this is very, very, I think Cincinnati is good. Don't get me wrong. But this is a very, very simple pick for me. This is a top five coach in Vrabel against the bottom 10 coach in Zach Taylor. Give me Vrabel and give me the points. I think that the Titans, their defense is exceptional. They are going to run the hell out of the football. They know exactly who they want to be. They are, they are coming off a bit of an extended rest. The mini buy because they played on Thursday night last week against Green Bay. I think great, uh, the Titans, I don't trust them as a Super Bowl contender. But do I trust them in the regular season to find ways to keep games close and potentially steal a victory? Absolutely. Do I think Derrick Henry is going to be able to run on Cincinnati? I do. Do I think that Mike Vrabel is, should not be an underdog at home against anyone other than the three or four best teams in football? I do. I like the Titans plus two and a half. The Titans have covered eight straight against the spread, but mm-hmm. still are getting disrespected by Vegas. Did you consider putting this in the be careful? I didn't because I actually think the public is going to be all over Cincinnati. I think the public, I think Cincinnati's good and Cincinnati because of the quarterback mismatch, Burrow versus Tannehill. I would expect, to me, if this were to be in be careful, it would be careful as in they're, they're daring you to pick the Bengals. You don't even have to lay the full three points. The Bengals are defending AFC champions. All those reasons. I like the Titans. I don't know that the Titans are going to win. And it's weird to pick a team getting less than three if you don't know if they're going to win. But I could I see this being a one, two, three point game that either team can win. I have five of those outcomes go my way. Tennessee by one, two, three. Cincinnati by one and two. All go my way in Tennessee plus two and a half. The only way I lose Cincinnati it wins by three, which of course is on the board. I like the Titans plus two and a half though. And lastly, I'm off that Raiders narcotic. They got me a nice win last week. We're now leaving them, uh, you know, to the dustbin of history. Seattle laying three and a half at home against Las Vegas. So Seattle also coming off a bye. The Raiders coming off a win, which maybe made them feel better than they actually should. Seattle's ability. I think Geno's going to have a huge game. I think Geno played really well after making a brutal mistake against Tampa uh, in Germany a couple weeks ago. A couple beautiful passes. I think Seattle's going to be able to run the ball. I think Seattle also recognizes the Niners are coming and that if Seattle wants to stay in control of that division and at the very least stay in really good position to be a wild card if the Niners catch them, they can't screw around with Vegas. I don't expect Vegas to put together 60 quality minutes. I wasn't overly impressed by Vegas in the win over the Broncos. It's just that the Broncos offense is so terrible. Seattle laying three and a half. Of course, you'd rather have it at three, but three and a half is fine. To me, this feels like a 24-17 Seahawks victory. I, I really like the extra rest for Seattle. I actually think this year, I think they have the quarterback edge. I know they have the coaching edge. I know they have the defensive edge. For all those reasons, I'm fine laying the three and a half points. Seattle minus three and a half against Vegas. So go ahead. Is there something you want to say about this game? No, I love that one. I'm definitely putting money on that game. There we go. You and me. Is that the first one of my five you really like? No, I like that one and the uh, Cleveland-Tampa Bay. You like both of my favorites? Yeah. Oh, boy. Makes me a little nervous. (laughs) I might be on the square side of those. Detroit plus 10 against Buffalo. That's a seven-point Buffalo victory. Giants plus nine and a half at Dallas on Thanksgiving. That's a three-point game in one direction or another. The Giants could win it. Tampa laying the three, Tennessee plus the two and a half, and Seattle minus the three and a half. That's our five picks of the week. (laughs) Smells like four and one. Smells like we're getting back to 500 after Thanksgiving, as promised. We'll go through the other 11 games. For week 12 in the NFL, episode 99 of What's Right. That's next. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, welcome back in episode 99, week 12 NFL gambling show. We just gave you our five picks of the week. Detroit plus 10, Giants plus 9.5, Tampa minus 3, Tennessee plus 2.5, and, and Seattle minus 3.5. Now we've got our stayaways, our be carefuls, and our perfectly priced. For the three stayaways are New England at Minnesota, Denver at Carolina, and Chicago at the Jets. New England at Minnesota is more of a theoretical stay away for good gambling purpose reasons. And then I'll talk about the actual game, okay? If you have a really strong feel on New England, Minnesota, so be it. Go ahead and bet it. Here's what I forbid you to do if you are watching this show and you're a gambler. I forbid you from potentially ruining your Thanksgiving night by chasing your early day Thanksgiving losses, if they exist, by firing a last shot desperation, probably semi-drunk, semi-annoyed with the family bet on Patriots Vikings. This is how divorces happen. This is how kids get angry at parents. This is you're going to spend all morning and afternoon watching games. You might not even be that interested in Patriots Vikings. And then all of a sudden, you're stuck a bit before Sunday even gets here. And you're going to be firing big money on Pat's Vikings coin flip. because, And your family's going to be annoyed. They're going to want to play a nice game of Monopoly or sit around, you know, the fire and talk. And you're not going to be there. Because you've gambled on this game. What's up, Demonte? That's crazy. I mean, first of all, I know Minnesota just lost last mm-hmm. week terribly at home. Yeah. But they're at home, and I know everybody's saying they're fraudulent. Mm-hmm. But what about New England? They oh. haven't really beaten any real team. Okay, so we will discuss the actual game in just a moment. Okay. But I want to make clear. Oh, this was just a... This is just, in general, Christmas Day NBA and now NFL as well, Thanksgiving Day football. Don't make any bets in the afternoon day of. If you want to gamble during the day, and if you feel super strong about this game, so be it. Do not, it's one thing to chase on Sunday night or Monday night football. It's another thing to chase on a holiday. And when you're supposed to, you know, be engaged with your friends and family, okay? Now on this game. So New England's defense has looked Utterly dominant. Here is the concern and the reason why, for me, I didn't I didn't have a beat on this game. So New England's defense has looked great, but I would like to give you the quarterbacks that New England they have six wins this year. Here are the six quarter or the five quarterbacks they have beat. They have beaten Mitch Trubisky. They have beaten Jared Goff. They have beaten Jacoby Brissett. They have beaten Sam Ellinger. And they have beaten Zach Wilson twice. So the defense has looked great against those guys. Looked dominant. Now they're playing Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is not great. But he's far better than any of those six guys that I mentioned. So now you might say, okay, Nick. Why wouldn't you then just take Minnesota laying the two and a half? Here's why. Minnesota is eight and two this year. They have have three games they've played poorly. The two losses and their their stolen win against Detroit early in the year where Dan the Man Campbell kicked like a 50-yard field goal uh, up three with less than a minute left. Instead of punting away, they end up scoring a touchdown spit. But three, so two, one time they've won, two times they've lost, three times they've played poorly. In those three games, Justin Jefferson has a combined 94 yards receiving. In their seven wins, Justin Jefferson has 1,000 yards receiving, 140 yards per game. The Vikings have one way to beat you. 
Justin Jefferson kills him. Belichick has made his career defensively on identifying what you want to do, taking that one thing away, and making you do something else. So because of that, it's concerning to me to take the Vikings. You love the Vikings. You're betting the Vikings. Justin I can Jefferson's already tell. him, man. He, Justin Jefferson's okay, great. How bad you want to stop him? Just, listen, Justin Jefferson's great. And I honestly believe in Kirk Cousins a little bit more than you tend to. Well, listen, I he's better than those quarterbacks New England's beat, and that's for damn sure. Right. I think he's fine. Uh, he's actually having his worst season in the last few years. I To me, this is a stay away. All right, Denver at Carolina is a stay away for very obvious reasons. Carolina's starting Sam Darnold, who was the worst quarterback in football his last two years as a starter. Denver's starting Russell Wilson. <laughs> I, the, 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 the general gambling philosophy is two bad teams, two bad quarterbacks take the points. However, Darnold in his first start in years, I shouldn't say years, he started last year briefly for Carolina, but his first start of the year against that Denver defense scares the hell out of me. Laying points with Russell Wilson scares the hell out of me. That's a stay away. And Chicago at the Jets is a stay away simply because we don't know who's playing quarterback for either team. It, poor Justin Fields has a dislocated shoulder, played some of the way last week th- with it. The Jets, we don't know as we're recording right now if it's going to be Zach Wilson, Mike White, or Flacco. So for our purposes, that has to be a stay away. Because we don't know who's playing quarterback for either if team. If you find out tomorrow that Flacco's in, are you taking the Jets? If Flacco's in and Justin is out, yes. Okay. I would. I wouldn't love laying four and a half points with Joe Flacco, but the Bears without Justin Fields won't be able to score at all. Yeah. I will tell you, what is... Hold on. I have to look. Because it almost... Uh, I wonder what the total in that game is. We don't do over-unders on this show. What, but I'm going to find it real quick. The total, oh, it's, is it really off the board? Yeah, it's, it's, okay, so it's not on that. Let me check another, another gambling outfit, see if they have it listed somewhere, because it wasn't listed where I just looked. So let me look again. I don't care who's playing quarterback for the Jets, man. If Justin Fields isn't playing, I feel like going with the Jets is a solid bet. I think that's probably right. (laughs) right. The total for the game is 40 and a half. So that, I was going to say that's got to be the lowest total of the week. But what do you think the total in Broncos-Panthers is? Darnold versus Russell Wilson with those two defenses. Is 35 a thing? I would have told you 35 is not a thing. (laughs) It is 36 and a half. (laughs) That's got to be the lowest total in a decade in the NFL, unless there was like a a massive weather event. Right. You know what I mean? Like the 36 and a half. Yeah, it's and it feels like an under. <laughs> right. I, 36 I mean... and a half. I mean, 17 to 10 feels like about as high scoring as it could get. And that's 27. Yeah. 36 and a half. How did I don't know? I guess the way 36 and a half gets to an over. Is it 17-17 goes to overtime and it's 20 to 17 at 37 points? All right. So those are all stayaways. Now to the be careful line. Be careful's Baltimore at Jacksonville, the Rams at the Chiefs, the Saints at the Niners, and Pittsburgh at Indy. Okay. Baltimore at Jacksonville's a be careful. Purely because you my ban is still in place. Yeah. You guys haven't allowed me to bet them. I love the Jags this week. I honestly think you should be thankful given Doug Peterson's one and four against the spread after a bye. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I guess I am thankful. I think the Jags win. And is your ban up? Like it's like it's in like this a week. This is the last week. Yeah. This is the last <laughs> week. This is the last week of my Jags ban. But I think they win. I think the Jags faintly keep their season alive against your boy Lamar? with a victory. Lamar hasn't played well lately. Yeah. And didn't play very well against Carolina. Now the but 
The only reason this is this really shouldn't be a be careful game, guys. I like the Jags. I just put it be there careful for because you. you guys won't. You guys are making me be careful on Jacksonville. All right, Rams at Chiefs. Too many points. It's so many points. Fourteen and a half. Now, the Rams offense. Stafford's out. Wolford's out. It's Bryce Perkins. The Chiefs haven't blown anyone out in a bit. Feels like they're ripe for it. I also, though, if there was ever a game that the Chiefs will be sleepy, disinterested, they clinched the division essentially last week in stirring fashion against the Chargers. They are now playing a team that is drawing dead with a third-string quarterback. And I, you can't bet, you can't, Take the Rams. You just can't. Like, the in order for them, like, how many points? The Chiefs are going to score a minimum, a minimum of 27. I was going to say 28. Yeah. Can you, can the Rams get to 13? I don't know that they can. The Chiefs defense all of a sudden, Chris Jones, you know, looks like a defensive player of the year candidate. I just, but it's too many points. You can't lay 14 and a half points, even with the Chiefs, especially because the Chiefs tend not to blow out terrible teams. Even the Jags game, Jags not terrible, but even that Jags game, they were up 20 to nothing and then let the Jags hang around enough to where they only won by 10. And so... Jags are kind of bad, though. Everybody uh, thinks Jags are a bad team but me. <laughs> uh, but it's just... be care- I would be careful. The Chiefs... You know, they blew out the Cardinals when the Cardinals were supposed to be good. They blew out the Bucks. They blew out the Niners. Like the They're Chiefs peak motivation, teams. peak motivation, but against bad teams, I don't I don't know. It's just too many points. All right. New Orleans at San Francisco is a be careful because everyone is going to be on the Niners. And it the listen, the Saints stink. They have no quarterback. They have the worst coach in the league. The Niners just looked great on national TV. But be careful of the team that just looked dominant on national television, particularly on a short week, because this line should be seven. It's nine and a half. So be careful. I'm not telling you to bet the Saints uh, with the Niners having those weapons and that defense against the Saints quarterback situation. I'm not telling you to bet the Saints. You're going to bet the Niners. I already know it. Be careful, guys. I do like the Niners in a seven-point tease. Get the Niners down to minus two and a half. I like them in that spot. I don't like them minus the nine and a half. Be careful. Pittsburgh at Indy. All right. I really should bet the Steelers. And I... I might. I might add them. Maybe I'll have extra picks because Thanksgiving has its own little is its own little day. This is I said earlier, Mike Vrabel versus Zach Taylor. I'm now getting the same amount of points with Pittsburgh with Mike Tomlin against Jeff Saturday. Yeah. You know fair. what? I you're moving it in live time? I don't know if I'm allowed to. Thanksgiving special. Six picks this week. <laughs> Pittsburgh. We're, we're doing a six pick. Uh, happy Turkey Day, everybody. <laughs> we're doing a six pick. I know it's going to screw up our math. I know it's going to be one of these coming weeks. I'll only do four, so we'll get back on track. Okay. The, the, you know, next week we'll only do four, but we're adding this one. And then we'll just take out your Jags pick. Or you could just do... Okay, leave the Jags alone. Okay. Pittsburgh getting points against the Colts. It shouldn't be a be careful. It's a must-bet Pittsburgh. It is a must-bet Pittsburgh. Matt Ryan is going to crumble when TJ Watt strip sacks him. Jeff Saturday is going to get out-coached and out-foxed by Mike Tomlin. Pittsburgh plus two and a half. Sorry to our graphics team. It's our sixth pick of the week. We like it. It's not a be careful. It's a must-bet. <laughs> Getting points with Tomlin against Saturday. It's a must bet. All right, perfectly priced now. Atlanta at Washington. Washington is a tick better. They're at home. This is the Washington is very alive for the playoffs. Atlanta is also very alive technically for the playoffs. 
I think this is a short Washington win. I think the pricing is exactly right. Houston at Miami. The I this does feel like the reason I'm calling it perfectly priced is because you can't have a favorite of much more than 13. And if the Chiefs are 14 and a half point favorites against a third string quarterback, the Dolphins can't be more than that. But this feels like a two touchdown Miami victory. The only concern is Miami off the bye, overlooking the Texans and let the Texans hang around a bit. But this is the right line. The Texans have been terrible, yeah. truly terrible. And they, by the way, might be making a quarterback change. We don't yet know that. Uh, the Chargers getting four. Uh, the Chargers laying four, pardon me, at Arizona. That's exactly right. The Chargers are not a bad team. Arizona, meanwhile, just had to fire. A, they had a coach, Demonze. A, so they had a coach on their team who, or like in the offseason, got accused of domestic assault, got sentenced to a year suspended sentence, and they kept him on the team until it became out publicly. So then he resigned or they fired him. It just came out this morning. They had a coach allegedly grope a woman in Mexico City that they had to fire. They We don't know what their quarterback situation is. The, the team is a total mess. So obviously they should be dogs against a good team. The pricing is right because the Chargers have not shown, and Mike Williams assuming he's going to be out again after briefly come back against the Chiefs. Chargers not shown the ability to blow anybody out. So the Chargers minus four is just about right. Expect the Chargers to win in a game maybe closer than it should be. And then Green Bay at Philly, to me, is Philly minus a touchdown, Philly minus seven. That's also just right. Like Philly is to me, I understand they have a great record. I don't expect Philly to pour it on Green Bay. I think Philly minus a touchdown is exactly right. What's up? Right. Given the last two weeks, I can't tell if the seven is just really respectful to the Eagles are very disrespectful to Green Bay. Well, Green Bay's no good. I mean, they're no good, but the Eagles haven't looked great. They just faced Jeff Saturday and and whoever the hell else they faced the week before. Yeah, and Washington. They lost (laughs) to Washington. They eked out a win against the Colts. I still think Green Bay is going to have no chance of consistently moving the ball on Philadelphia's defense. So I like Philadelphia a lot as in a as a teaser leg. Right. I like them a little bit minus seven, but seven's the right number for this. So there's our perfectly priced game. Bonus pick. How about that? The 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 Steelers getting slid into our Knicks picks this week. So we have six. Oh, they oh look, our graphic seems the best. Our new picks of the week. Detroit plus 10, Giants plus nine and a half, Tampa minus three, Tennessee plus two and a half, Seattle minus three and a half, and Pittsburgh plus two and a half. That's how we're going to get above 500. Five and five and oh was because we're three games under. Four and one will only get us to 500. Five and oh would get us above 500, but five and oh is tough. Five and one, however, easy street. We're doing it. We're giving you our right move, which hasn't been great. I've got a teaser for you. All that and an NFL Hall of Fame note that I want to wrap the show with. That's all next. What's right? Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome back in. What's right with Nick Wright? Episode 99, our week 12 gambling show. We just gave you our six picks this week. Next week, we'll do four. This week, we're doing six because we had to include Pittsburgh. The right move this week is going to be one of our two favorites. We're going to lay the three with Tampa. Tampa. That's going to be our right move this week. I believe in, let me see what this graphic looks like now. Oh, my God. I'm a pilgrim. DeMonte's got a turkey on his head. That's a, you know what? This is why people subscribe on YouTube. For this type of work, our graphics team does. I like that. 
So our right move this week is going to be Tampa minus the three. I just think that Cleveland's going to have a really hard time moving the ball on Tampa's defense. I think Brady's going to look good coming off the bye with a bit of momentum. I like now Brady found himself in a new bit of controversy. He's post-divorce now, but Brady was all over that FTX uh, crypto company that's, you know, stole all their company's money and it's gone and he's getting sued, but I'm he'll be fine. But I like Tampa minus the three. I mentioned to you guys that I was going to have an exotic for you, that I was going to have a teaser that we like a lot. So we are going to do a seven point two-team teaser, very straightforward, and the seven-point teaser is going to be San Francisco down to minus two and a half and the Eagles to the money line. That's So it's the Eagles to win against Green Bay, the Niners to win by at least three, a nice, simple teaser, nice little two-team, seven-point teaser. Last week's teaser that we gave out, by the way, you can do two team teasers. Yeah, you just got to doing a three team teaser. I like that. I'm just gonna add the Chiefs to it. You're gonna add you not at fourteen and a half. You're not. I forbid you. You got to If you're gonna do a teaser, you got to tease them all the way through the six, through the seven. The seven. Yeah, you got to get the key numbers. So seven, like seven and a half. Yeah, you don't want to tease. You're just not getting enough value. So if the line gets to, uh, the Chiefs minus just fourteen. That's fine. If it gets to the Chiefs minus 13 and a half, that's great because then you get them to the six and a half. If you want a third leg for it, uh, Miami's not a bad third leg because they're minus 13 13. right now. So you get them to minus six. The other thing with a seven point teaser that you could do is take the Titans or the Steelers plus two and a half up to plus nine and a half. Right, you know what I mean. So you can tease either side of it. Obviously, we got a little breaking news. What's that? Zach Wilson just got benched. Oh, really? Yep. Did they say who's starting? Uh, no, no, not yet. Uh, it, the informed he is not starting. The I mean that seemed like it was, it was a no foregone greater. conclusion. Yeah, he can't. You can't be the worst quarterback in the league in back-to-back years and unlikable. You just can't. They don't. We don't why don't people like Zach Wilson? Because he won't take accountability. Okay. He was asked. Oh, he, yeah. So what happened in the... He was asked. He was like, do you feel bad for letting the defense down? He's like, do you feel you let the defense down? I was like, no. Yeah. No. Uh, he scored three points, buddy. He kept throwing near picks and picks. It was terrible. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So Zach Wilson out. Uh, we still don't have enough information there. But to me, the real question is, is Justin Fields going to play? Right. I, I knew I had, I shouldn't say I knew, but it sure looked like Zach Wilson was getting benched. The question was, is Justin Fields going to play? And is it going to be Mike White or is it going to be Joe Flacco? So the but that is good news to have for us from the show. Uh, all right. Before we get to before we get to uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame little bonus segment we're going to do. What's the offer this week, Demonze? Uh, so the offer is, I call this one, be thankful for Demonze mm-hmm. because I'm giving you free money, essentially. Since 2004, favorites on Thanksgiving are 43-8 and eight straight up. So I'm giving you a chance to go against Jared Goff, Daniel Jones, and Mac Jones in one bet. Buffalo, Dallas, and Minnesota to win outright at plus 177. I appreciate the offer. I'm going to reject it. Okay. I'm going to reject that offer because I actually think the Giants can win and Minnesota the Minnesota uh the Patriots game concerns me. So there's not enough value to me there in that and so I'm going to reject the offer that is a good note that they're 43 and 8 straight up and I appreciate that. Bonus offer. Okay, what's the bonus offer? Jags money line versus Baltimore, plus one sixty five. So wait, the, your silly three team parlay was plus one seventy seven, and the Jags and the Prince that was promised just just that to beat Baltimore yeah. is plus one sixty five. And the offer is also going to win, but yes, I accept that one. There you go. I am taking that offer. Of the Jags plus one sixty five. Just couldn't help it. I can't help it. 
And it's good for the Chiefs if the Ravens lose. So I'll be rooting against the Ravens. Yeah, you want the one seed to be as smooth sailing as possible. Right. The, the path to the one seed, I should say. So, okay, I'm taking that offer. So our five picks of the week, our six picks of the week, Detroit plus 10, Giants plus nine and a half, Tampa minus three, which is the right move, Tennessee plus two and a half, Seattle minus three and a half, and Pittsburgh plus two and a half. We are also doing a seven-point te- seven teaser of, oh, look at that. Look wow. at that Thanksgiving that image. Was, that was fast. They made that quickly. <laughs> they 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 added the they, they added the Steelers on there. Our graphics team is wonderful. Our teaser that honestly looks like Nana's kitchen. It does a bit. You're absolutely right. <laughs> it looks crazy. like her dining room. Uh, our yeah, seven point room. teaser is the Niners to two and a half and the Eagles to the money line. Our bonus offer is the Jags. Now I just want five minutes to talk about the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So the 25 semifinalists were revealed yesterday and only five guys get in. And I happen to believe the Pro Football Hall of Fame does it better than any other sports Hall of Fame because it is so damn difficult to get in, but they still let in five guys every year. So the evidence of how difficult it is to get in, I'm going to quickly go through these 25 guys. And we're going to try to pare it down, and it will be impossible. Okay? So there are five new guys on the ballot, first-time eligible. Jari Evans, who's an offensive lineman who is not going to get in on his first try and is a fringe Hall of Famer. Joe Thomas, one of the best left tackles ever, has to be in. Dwight Freeney, one of the best pass rushers ever, has to be in eventually. James Harrison had the greatest play in Super Bowl history, won a Defensive Player of the Year award, eventually gets in, I don't think gets in first ballot, and Darrell Revis, who must get in immediately. So to me, Thomas and Revis are no doubters, immediate guys. That leaves us three spots remaining. Here are the names. Eric Allen, he's a three-time semifinalist, corner uh, for a long time. He's not going to get in. He, to me, is a good example of why the NFL Hall of Fame is so great. He was a great player, not a Hall of Famer. Jared Allen, I put him in the same boat. Jared Allen played for my Chiefs, was an excellent pass rusher. This is his third time as a semifinalist. He's not in. Willie Anderson, a tackle for a long time. It's his third time as a semifinalist. He's not going to get in. Rondé Barber, the corner for the Bucks for 15 years. To me, he is flatly not a Hall of Famer. On that defense, Sapp, Brooks, Simeon Rice, John Lynch, we're all better than him. You have four guys better than him on those Bucks defenses. He's not in. Anquan Bolden, second time as a semifinalist, not a Hall of Famer. Excellent player, not a Hall of Famer. Henry Ellard, this is his first time as a semifinalist. I think it's last year on the ballot. He's not going to get in. I can't give you much Henry Ellard analysis, if I'm being honest. I mentioned Jari Evans, London Fletcher. His first time as a semifinalist, I don't think he's getting in. Freeney is a possible. James Harrison is a possible. Rodney Harrison, he is a Hall of Famer. It's his second time as a semifinalist. I don't know if he gets in. Devin Hester, to me, he's the greatest return man ever by a mile. He should get in. I would put him in. This is his second time as a semifinalist. Tory Holt, ninth time as a semifinalist. Nine times he's been to the stage. He's never gotten in. We always say he'll get in eventually, but you what you have new guys that come up, you know what I mean? Like that have to get in. He's a possible. Andre Johnson. I thought he was one of the best receivers of his era. Played for the Texans. His touchdown numbers kill him. I thought he was a Hall of Fame level player. You can't put him in before Torrey Holt. Set him aside. Robert Mathis. Maybe he gets in eventually, but you can't put him in before Freeney when Freeney and Mathis were the two pass rushers for the Colts and Freeney was better. Revis, I already mentioned. Steve Smith, his second time as a semifinalist. To me, he's not a Hall of Famer. Fred Taylor, fourth time as a semifinalist. He's not a Hall of Famer. Joe Thomas, I mentioned. Zach Thomas, this is the linebacker for the Dolphins. Fifth time as a semifinalist. To me, he's not a Hall of Famer. Heinz Ward, 
seventh time as a semifinalist. He's not a Hall of Famer. I, he might get in eventually because he does so much media. Not a Hall of Famer. DeMarcus Ware, to me, is a Hall of Famer. I think he needs to get in in short order. This is his second time as semifinalist. Ricky Waters, third time as semifinalist. He's not a Hall of Famer. Reggie Wayne is, to me, a Hall of Famer, but was not as good as Andre Johnson, who I don't think is going to get in. And Reggie Wayne had better longevity, but it's so hard, and Torrey Holt's going to get in before any of them anyway. Vince Wilfork, two-time semifinalist. I don't. I think Vince was a great player. I don't know that he's a Hall of Famer. Patrick Willis, this is his fourth time as a semifinalist. Patrick Willis has to be in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. He had a very short career, but was utterly dominant. And then there's Darren Woodson, seven times as a semifinalist. To me, he's a Hall of Famer. So if I, if I were doing a ballot this year, my five would be Revis and Joe Thomas, first ballot, no doubters. I would put Hester in. I would put Dwight Freeney in on the first ballot. And I would put Patrick Willis in. That would mean Tory Holt is waiting once again, but those would be my five. Hester, Freeney, Willis, uh, Revis, and Thomas. With the next guys up, James Harrison, Demarcus Ware, Tory Holt, Reggie Wayne. And it's going to be really, really hard for these other guys. Because I don't even... the. I'm gonna, let me check this real quick and then we can move on. Who is eligible for PFHOF 2023? I want to see who is uh, eligible for the class in 2023. Like the new guys that'll be coming up. Um, so, oh, okay, hold on. I have to check the next year. There we go. So that was 2023 is the one we're looking at right now. In 2024, Julius Peppers, Antonio Gates, Eric Berry are the guys that become eligible. Eric Berry's not going to get in. My guy, Jamal Charles, who's one of my favorite players ever, and if he was used properly, would have been a Hall of Famer. 2025, uh, Luke Keekley becomes eligible uh, and some other guys. So some of these, there aren't a bunch of must-put-in first ballot guys the next few years, so some of these other guys will get in. But those are my five. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Enjoy the time with your family. Good luck betting. Don't chase in that Vikings-Patriots game. What's right?